Now, just for the record, I don't have to tell you this. You already know it. I'm getting saltier as I go forward. I don't know if it's from being 65 versus being 55. 55, you still got a few years out there, and you want to act, act nice so that you can go all of them. But at 65, it's like, ah. <laughs> if I'm going to do anything, I better do it now. How many of y'all got that attitude? If I'm going to do anything, I'll be, he's coming back. He's coming back. If it's in your heart, you better get it done. And I'm just a little salty. Uh, Deborah Ann kind of stepped into it when she got me, that's for sure. Um, but I have an approach here in ministry, and I'm, I, I believe it's biblical. I believe it's scriptural. I believe it's the way that the Lord wants it to operate. I, uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't spend our messages trying to get people born again. I mean, you look around, you go, well, of course not. But if we started preaching that, we'd probably get more people in here that weren't born again. Or not, um, you got you to raise up the saints. It's not a one-man show. It's not me. I am not the cheese. The Word tells me clearly that I'm to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I'm not supposed to do the ministry. I'm supposed to be an equipper. And so are you in, in, every, in every measure. And, and, and Deborah, I didn't know she was going to do that. But, of course, that's true. She's been equipped, and like you are. But we, we got to grow up. If anything's going to change, we have to all grow up. I cannot change it. I can tell you I'm amazed by how little impact I have on y'all or anybody else outwardly. It's just y'all are used to this. This is, I'll tell you honestly, this is a fine diet. This word that we're bringing here is as good as there is. Now, you, you can disagree, and if you can find it, you ought to go to it. But we're, we're shucking the corn here. Matter of fact, we're holding back. <laughs> I'm holding back and saying, you know, we're, we, there's a time and place for everything. But we got to grow off. We got we to peel off that which holds us back. Uh, Hebrews calls it every sin and weight that so doth easily beset you. We got to get those weights off. And the reason we don't on our own is because we've never seen Christians that had them off. Our only examples are weak and carnal and natural men that, that go to church. And it's, the church is everything the world is except they have a cross on it. Matter of fact, the Nazarenes asked me yesterday, they said, now you are going to put a big wooden cross on that thing, aren't you, back here? I said, nope. And they, they waited for, like, why? Nope, we're not going to put a big cross on here. There's not a cross in here. And I listened to him play yesterday, that music, and it was like, I will cling to the old rugged cross. And I don't know the song very well. And someday I will exchange it for a crown. Someday, someday, someday we're going to exchange for a crown. Well, I think we're supposed to rule and reign to dominate right now. I think we're supposed to take authority over the devil now and over sickness now and over lack now. What do we need for over there? Jesus has provided everything we need in heaven. What do we need to... There's no devil over there to whoop up. There's no sin to whoop up on. There's no lack over there. What do we need the crown over there for? We've been crowned here. As a matter of fact, the symbol for Christendom should not be a cross, a, a place of shame. It should be the crown. It should be a throne. But that's, ne that's neither here nor there. That's just me. I have to live my convictions, you know. Um... Preach the word, live your convictions. But uh, I have noticed, and maybe y'all have, but I'm here to tell you I have, that most Christians are undeveloped. 
almost all of them. And the ones that are not undeveloped, we don't like them generally. They're obnoxious, they're scary, they're out there, they're believing for stuff that we don't think they even need to be believing for. They walk in health, but, you know, a little sickness helps everybody every once in a while and, you know, that sort of thing. A little lack goes good. I hear it all the time. You know, God, God wants you humble, so he wants you poor. Well, dear Lord, we ought to be living in the most humble people in the, in the world right now because nobody has anything. I said nobody has anything. Unless you were born rich or got, a, you know, an IPO or whatever. But I'm telling you, I got stuff. How many of y'all guys got some stuff? We got some stuff. We got some stuff. Not as much as we're going to have, but we're on our way. And it's not just a goal to get to heaven. We're supposed to dominate here. I want to go to heaven real bad. There's nothing here to hold me except to dominate this world and to help somebody dominate it. What do I need this place for? Everything that's in this place is better over there. I said everything. There's nothing here that's like, oh, I need to hold on. There's nothing here. You don't understand heaven. I'm not yet to my notes, but hang on. Hallelujah. So I've noticed that most, uh, most born-again Christians are undeveloped, and I've noticed this about them. You've heard me say it. It takes all of their life to live their life. The Lord showed me that years ago. It takes all of their life. They are just like, I can't go to church because I don't feel good. I'm tired. It's a long ways. Uh, it might be raining. It might not be raining. It might be cloudy. It might not be cloudy. It's just like that song, that, that sign in Winsels that I saw that says, they have a problem for every solution. So you fix their problem. You just start telling them, well, okay, I'll come pick you up and I'll hold the umbrella and I'll, well, you know, the brakes might go out and well, we might be low on gas and you, <laughs> you just can't get around it all. They have a problem for every solution. I can't help people like that too much. I will tell you this. I was thinking about, I was ministering to, uh, in the word about the prodigal and how the father was so good to the prodigal. And I, I'm being good to people right now. I don't know if I've always been good, but I'm, I'm, I'm finding a place in my heart to be good to people, just to bless them, just to bless them and to help them and just take no account <clears throat> and uh, not everybody appreciates it. Not everybody remembers it. I've healed folks that just took their healing. I mean, it was, a, it was an amazing thing. that It changed their life, their money, their, 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 everything. It changed the healing that Jesus did for them. And they just walk away and don't ever come back, never come to church, never. Uh, with that offering we took up for that little couple in the church, that, that $100, that was, that was a lot of money to them. Never heard from them. I mean, I don't expect to, and I'm not wanting to, but I'm just saying you'll have to do things by faith without any thanks or any regard. And I am pastoring right now without any expectation of anybody ever saying, attaboy, we're going to give you two attaboys this morning. I get no attaboys. I don't expect attaboys. The Lord told Debbie years ago, said, I am your reward for pastoring. So I'm done. I, I got it. I don't work for anybody except him. If he's happy, I'm good. Hallelujah. And if nobody comes, but he's happy, I'm happy. Praise God. So I don't need anybody in that sense, but I need everybody in the other sense. Um, but the thing that I don't like, and this is my gripe morning. I'm fixing to get started. 
is that these little born again, these, these immature, undeveloped, self-centered, selfish Christians, that it takes all of their life to live their life. I don't care if it takes all your life to live your life, I tell them. But don't require me to live all of my life to help you live your life. Right. Now, that's the line I don't like to cross is where they won't use their faith. And they want to do what they want to do. I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. But then their crisis begins to spill over to me. Yeah. Their, their trouble begins to require me to come out of my place and go over there and save them because they wouldn't do what generally I said or the word says or something. Can I gripe just a little more? <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really not sideways. This is, this is me all the time. Hallelujah. But uh, I, I maintain that Jesus, the Lord Jesus himself, has given an ample amount of grace to every Christian to live a grave life. I say there's no trouble out there that's not common to man. It's what the Word says. No trouble that's not common to man. He can't bring anything to you that can't be dominated and fixed. And so people are just not using the grace of God. Either they don't feel worthy well, I just don't feel like I can take authority over the devil because I've been a bad person. Well, you sure have. That was, that was, that's as rough as I've ever seen. Yeah, you have been a bad person. But the grace of God is sufficient for all of us. And we can win. You can win. You hadn't got a trouble that hadn't been fixed already. And you hadn't got a situation that the Lord hadn't already seen and provided for. I know you think you're unique. I know sometimes I think, man, I got something nobody's got. Nah. It's just common. And I'll tell you, I believe this with all my heart. The Lord Jesus looked on that day from the cross to this day, whatever he, you were doing, whatever you're facing, and he said, I'll take care of it right now. So that when this day came, he can say, I already got that. It's in inventory. It's already been supplied. It's online. Just click and, and load, and it'll, it's there. He's just a good God. He's just a good, good father. And Jesus is the best. So I praise him. And I'm looking for a revival in my own heart and across the land. That's why we boot scoot every Sunday morning. We may go back to Wednesday night boot scooting, but right now we're boot scooting on Sunday until we get to Wednesday. Hallelujah. Something great's going to happen this fall. I don't know exactly. I hadn't got the whole thing on it. Uh, but in September, uh, we're going to go back to Wednesdays in some dimension. But it won't be like it has been. You're going to want to come to Wednesday night. Amen. All right, we're going to start a message now. Hallelujah. I think I got that out of the way. <laughs> Takes all of their life to live their life. Well, the good news is, is that really he's given us each grace to help people that are so lazy and so self-centered to help them. Aren't you glad somebody helped you and me when we were lazy and self-centered? It's not like I was born good. Sorry, I was born sorry. Couldn't, help, couldn't put my hand to my mouth. That's all of us. I said, that's all of us. Jesus has come and changed everything to all, all glory and praise to him. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says in verse 9, this is the truth, and I just can't seem to get away from it. I know y'all wish I'd move on, and I will as soon as y'all get this. As soon as the Holy Ghost says, I got it, you say, I got it, well, then we'll move on. Because we believe in mastery here, not exposure mastery. We don't move on till we've mastered a principle. And here it says two are better than one. Say it with me. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, 
If they fall, they will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And the threefold cord is not easily broken. The, the Living Bible, I believe it's Taylor Living Bible, TLB. It says two can accomplish more than twice as much as one. Say more than twice. So it's good to have a good partner. Because you can get all you can get done, and you can get all they can get done, and then the Lord gets in the middle of you and says, I can lift, I can help, I can push. And when you got two, he's in there. Now, I had someone tell me yesterday, well, you know, the Lord's in the midst of, well, I won't even go there. But anyway, there's all kinds of pushback on what the Bible says. It doesn't matter how I say it and what version I read it. If I tell anybody stuff like this, they've got a yeah, but. Why would you want a yeah, but? Just get a friend. Instead of saying, I want to do it by myself and have less, I believe I can, just get a friend. You old lonely, obnoxious self, you. <laughs> get a friend. Put on some perfume. Put on some cologne. Comb your hair. Get, get all three up going the same way and, and make a friend. <laughs> Buy somebody a hot dog and say, come here, I'll eat on this end, you eat on that end. Do something and make a friend because two, two is better than one. Quit living by yourself over there in, in, in lonely land. Get a friend. Quit saying my personality is my life. You can't do anything about your personality except supplement it with faith. If you're a loner, and there's lots of us that are, believe it or not, I've been, I'm introverted. You wouldn't know it because I just yak all the time, but uh, all the time. I'm teaching that girl everything I know. You think you got troubles. <laughs> you can go home. <laughs> ah, she lives there hallelujah and i'm filling her up i'm filling her up i'll fill anybody up but uh, we got to get this two is better than one going we got to get it going and the church that i see and i've been around working on 39 uh people just come to church listen yeah yeah that's good well what did he preach on i don't know but it was good yeah it was good <laughs> I, I remember it was good, you know, and then they go home and live by their personality. Well, we need all the personalities. We need those that are, that are able to stand alone. We need those people, and we need those sanguines, those gregarious ones that are just, everybody's a party. Come here, we're going to party. We're, everything's a party. We need those. But whatever you aren't, whatever you got too much of, you got to supplement it with faith. You got to by faith say, you know, I don't like to be with folks that much and I'm a little nervous and I'm a little uh, this and that. But by faith, I'm going to get out there and do it. And you, you poke yourself inside and say, we can do this by faith. You know, some things that are easy for me, I don't have to use my faith. I'm already in. But other stuff, I just have to crank up a big one, just load it on the truck because it's not in me. I have to use my faith. And somebody else would say, ah, I do that all the time with no effort. We're different. But we all have to get there with everything. And so faith is the supplement. It says two can accomplish more than twice as much as one, for the results can be much better. Two is better than one. If one falls, the other pulls him up. If a man, but if a man falls when he's alone, he's in trouble. Now, I want to tell you, this is the Bible. If a man falls alone, he's in trouble. 
We think many times that the devil got us. Ah, we were, the devil got in or whatever. A lot of times it's just because we're alone and he was able to get in. It's, yeah, we can rebuke the devil after he's already come and messed up our party, rained on our parade. But how much better to just do the Bible way, get somebody and never fall? Well, we'll keep going anyway. Also on a cold night, two under the same blanket, game worth from each other. But how can one be a warm alone? So there it goes. Now back to my perspective about ministry. I am called to minister to water walkers. Point to yourself and say, I am a water walker. Every Christian is born to be a water walker. We are not born to escape hell. That is not the highest thing Jesus could do from you is, is put a detour up, you know, road under construction, but we're going to go to heaven. No, he wants you to walk on the water. He did what he wants us to do. He's a demonstration. The works that I do shall ye do, and greater works shall ye do because I go to the Father. Well, did he go to the Father? Amen. So greater works. If he walked on the water, we should walk on the water. I don't mean water walking in this literal sense of getting out in the bathtub and, you know, being two feet tall in the water or whatever. I'm talking about walking on circumstances, moving mountains, walking on water. I want to talk to water workers, water walkers, people that have something in them that says there's more. There's more. Something in me that wants to get somebody else pulled up. Something in me that wants to demonstrate him. Something in me that wants to shine bright, that wants to be salty. Something in me, and I want to scratch that itch. I want to get that thing. I can't, be, I can't sleep well. I can't be satisfied unless I'm out there on the front lines being a Jesus person. Some people just like, I just want to go to work, and I just want to eat. And I just want to sleep, and I just want to watch my ball game and drink a beer, and, and that's the, their life is just to get through life. And it takes all of their life to live their life, but that's not me, and I don't believe it's you. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, if you would. I want to talk about living an exponential life. Two is better than one, but I want to talk about living an exponential life. Don't you want to live an exponential life where two is better than one, where there's Two is much better than two. It says in um, Matthew chapter 14. I just talked about it, but I, I'm, I'm still on this thing. I, I hadn't got it out good, so I want to talk about uh, chap verse 24 uh, where it says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. That means in, they were in the middle of the lake. They were halfway, just as far to go back as it is to keep going. Tossed with waves. Notice, they were tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, whenever that is, Jesus went into them walking on the sea, walking on the sea, walking on the sea. Now, you know, God can do anything. Why didn't he just, just zip him out there? Why didn't he just get translated out there? We're going to talk about Philip who was. There's a reason for this. He was walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, he was walking on the sea and they saw him walking on the sea. They were troubled. They were carnal. They, they weren't, they, they weren't, they said this isn't every day. If you saw someone walking on the water, you would say this is not every day. But we want to have a life that this is every day. Jesus prayed it. He said, Lord, send them alive on earth as it is in heaven. That's the only reason we're in this message, that we're in this 
vain is because of that prayer. Jesus said we should have a mirror image on earth of exactly the blueprint that's in heaven. God's got a plan. How many of y'all believe for you personally, he's got a plan? That you're not out there just fending for yourself, doing the best you can, just taking it as you can and defensively walking this thing out. And every once in a while, lobbing a little shot and, yeah, I got that. And, and it, we're supposed to be at peace. We're supposed to be at peace. We're not supposed to be worked up all the time about the next thing the devil's going to do or what people are going to do. Take people off your list of troubling things. We wrestle not against people people. They are not the problem. And if you engage them as the problem, you will still have the problem. And you'll have a lot of people mad at you. Trust me, I know. I got a long path. I, I reckon, I don't know this, uh, but I would reckon since uh, 1997, we've probably ministered to over a thousand people here. I imagine that's how many's come in. And here's the thing. I got on the prodigal a while ago, didn't finish it. The father had been good to him. And I told you that I'd seen several healings that were outstanding and had really changed some lives. Changed them. They, they couldn't do anything, and now they're, they're going to work and everything like that, like the man at the gate, beautiful. Well, the prodigal, you know, he, he, he wanted his part, took off. The Word says he spent it all on riotous living. And then he got in the pig pen, and, and it was bad. It was, it was just bad. I don't think we know how bad it was. But he remembered, and the Bible says he came to himself saying, Dad's got a lot. I remember how good he was to me. I'll go and ask him if he could be a little good to me now. I'm not expecting the, the full son thing, but if he could be a little good to me. He was so good, he might be a little good. Well, that's what I want to be. I want to help folks, and if they... E.O. Cole says, minister for results not for reaction. That's maintained me. If y'all look at me like a calf at a new gate or whatever and just and, and leave just going, what was that? It doesn't bother me because I'm ministering for results, not for reaction. I don't need anybody fawning over me and patting me saying, oh, pastor, that was a good message. Whoo, that helped me so much. Usually those people, I don't ever see them again. I, we have a joke in ministers I'm, I'm getting off the subject here, but we all say, oh, no, I had one of those. Well, what one of those? Someone that was a visitor that came in said, I had him do this. You are better than John Osteen. Oh, I can't wait to bring my family back. We are going to flourish here. I want to be on this. Do you have this committee? Do you have that thing? Do you, we want to be on all of it. And I never saw him again. <laughs> it happens everywhere all the time. We all laugh. Me and pastors get together. and It's like, oh, I had one of those last week. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it. Don't say I'm good. Don't say it was wonderful. Just, just go home a little mad. Here, turn around. Let me kick you so you'll be mad. You'll be back. <laughs> the prodigal remembered. So we have a little thing that I say, we say, you may not like me, but you'll never forget me. You ought to put that on your life. You may not like me because we're going to minister for results. So we don't have to have a good reaction. But when they get in trouble, when they're in the pig pen, so to speak, and you have ministered, and I've ministered to a bunch, haven't you? Giving out lots of $5 soldiers saying, here, go buy you a chicken wing, and, you know, or whatever. They won't forget you. Someday, someday the scales will be adjusted, 
and they're going to come find you. You don't remember me, but it happens all the time. So don't be saying, ah, it doesn't work. They just walked away, and they took my money and bought beer or whatever. Pay no attention to that. I ministered to a man that was up under a bush there at the other church right before last uh, spring, and I said, I'm going to give you $20. He said, beer doesn't cost that much. <laughs> I said, well, you might want to get a Twinkie with your beer. I didn't, it didn't bother me a bit that he's going to buy beer because I was ministering for results. And then I shared Jesus with him, and he was born again already, and he started crying. He promised me he was going to buy beer anyway because he was addicted. You know, he couldn't help it. But I put the good word in him. I'm telling you this to say, don't quit. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. It's working. Every seed goes in the ground is a powerful seed. And when it comes up, whether you're there to see it or not, it comes up. And remember, heaven's just. And the Lord sees it all. And really, who cares what matters until he runs up your tab and says this. So let's, Matthew chapter 24, I'm, I'm, we're on this again. Um, uh, verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake to them, saying, being of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water, bid me come unto thee on the water, if it's you. Well, it was. So he said, come. And when Peter was down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, I'm telling you, the waves, look, look in verse 24, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary when he stepped out of the boat. The waves were jumping when he stepped out of the boat. Do y'all see this? It didn't come after. It was already there. You may have to get out of the boat with the wind a little breezy and the waves a little high. You may not can wait for perfect conditions to step out. You may have to just bust out in the midst of everything going south. Help me if you can. Amen. Amen. And it says, uh, 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 when he saw the wind boister, so he saw it. He hadn't seen it because his eyes were on Jesus. The wind was contrary. The waves and all that was boisterous. But he took his eyes off Jesus. Now, he was afraid, beginning to sink. He cried. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and got him out. And when they were coming to the ship, verse 32, the wind ceased. Now, the wind could have ceased before. Why didn't the Lord just say, well, he's fixing to get out of the boat? Who would have thought he'd get out of the boat? He thinks he, he, thinks he can walk on the water just because I'm walking on the water, but I'm Jesus, the Son of God. How can he think he is? Well, that word come, that word come was filled with faith. You and I have a word come. And they're all filled with faith. You have a word to go out of the boat. You have a word to step out when it doesn't look good financially. You have a word to tithe. You have a word to give. You have a word to stand fast in the liberty whereby Jesus Christ has made you free. You have a word to dominate the devil and tell pain and sickness. You're not living in this house. You have a word to say, my God shall supply all of my need. When you don't have nothing going on, you have a word. It's the word come here, but the word is what you need. There's a word for you. But you got to keep your eyes on Jesus because the wind is contrary and the waves are boisterous. There's trouble everywhere. And it will not get better, but you and I will get better. Did you hear me? Much grace. His grace is sufficient. Whatever's needful. It's already in the book.
So we got to get it out of the book and put it in here. We got to say what he says so we can have what he says we have. So we can do what he says we can do. You cannot just say it's in the Bible, good enough. We're real guilty, I'm real guilty of praying prayers at, uh, at lunch or whatever that says, uh, you know, we bless this food according to your word. Well, that don't mean anything. You got to got to speak the word or, or just say or just say leave that part out. He takes sickness out of the midst of me and he blesses my bread and water. That's what I'm talking about. But I'm not on that. Hallelujah. My point here in this story is, is what, 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 just what if, what if Matthew had said, bless God, if the old boy Peter can get out, I, I got as much stuff as he does. I'm not going to let him get out and get all the points or being number one with the Lord Jesus. I'm getting out of the boat with him. I wouldn't have got out first, but I'll get out second. How many of y'all know sometimes there's a second anointing? You, you couldn't start it, but you could sure follow it. Well, this church is full. This building is full of people right now that might not could start it, but if somebody else would jump out, they'd jump in. That's all the Lord wants out of us. I'm telling you, you don't have to start anything, but you've got to load up and connect with someone that has. Do you think Peter would have sunk if he'd have turned around and Matthew and Thaddeus and, and Thomas? Well, maybe not Thomas, but, you know, somebody was back there saying, me too, me too. I believe he'd have made it. I believe it would have changed the kingdom if, if two or six or all 12 of them jumped out of the boat. It doesn't say it. I can't prove it, but I just know how people are. It's got a me too to it. Y'all need to catch on to me too. I said, River Church, let me just talk to you plain. We need to catch on to me too. Well, I'm just letting, waiting for the Lord to talk to me directly. He does. He's laying it out in front of you. We're not, a lot of y'all, if not all of us, are not number oneers. But we'll follow number one and be the best number two God's ever had. And that's, all, that's what we're supposed to do. And then if he ever says, I want you to be a number one, yeah, buddy. Put my mark. But right now, be a number two or be a number three. If two of them would go, I would go. We can't wait. You can't, you can't get a thing from heaven that scrawls it on the wall and says, yeah, you, it's not coming. Presbyterian church, is that where we ended up? What are we in right now? All right. Well, you know, Deuteronomy 32 says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000, tenfold. Y'all know that principle. We've hammered that thing and nobody can do it. But that's an exponential life. And that's what I want to talk about. I want us to live. I want us to crowd the border for an exponential life. I know what you and I can do. We're, there's brilliant people in this room, smart art, kidneys. We got them. We got smart. We've been around the word enough. We know what to do. But you can't get it done because a thousand, you're whooping a thousand coming at you, but there's 10,000 coming. What are you going to do with 10,000? Well, I'll get me a buddy and we'll put 2,000 on the run. So you're going to get overrun by 8,000. No, we got to have somebody that we join up with. That we said, you know, I may not be the number one, but I'm hooked up to number one. And this old number two, we're going to put 10,000 to flight. You got to have it. You say, I'm doing pretty good. That's what the prodigal said till he ran out of cash. He put his ATM card in there and it, you know, <laughs> reject. It didn't happen. And then he was in trouble. Don't wait for trouble.
Ephesians 3.20 said to him who can do exceeding abundantly above all. I love those four words. Exceeding abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. To him be glory. <laughs> That's an exponential life. Anybody here want an exponential life? Exceeding abundantly above all. It's so amazing, it's almost too good to be true. It's like, I can't wrap my head around it. That's exactly right. Your head, my head, will not go around that. We have to get down here. And when you get down here, you can do it, but up here, you will never walk on the water. Because we know the law of physics. We know density, we know mass, we know, we know all the viscosities and velocities and RPMs, we know all that stuff. <laughs> we just got to get in there and said, bless God. If he said, come, I'm on it. The Lord told me, told us to go to Alabama. And I'm telling you, I thought he said missionary. When we were in Texas, we said we thought Alabama was missionary. Like, oh, no, we're going to go on the mission field. And it's in the United States. It's one of the original 50. <laughs> We had no idea. <laughs> we'll go, Lord. <sighs> ah, it was so crazy. It didn't make sense to anybody, especially our parents. But nobody. Our church, we had a church just like this. Had more, more people, but they loved us. We loved them. We were just cranking it out, teaching the word, walking on the water. No trouble. People thought we had trouble. The pastor that we sent back there, another story, but he, he thought we failed and that we were coming to Alabama because we failed, and he did not know we had obeyed God. So we went out there like, I know your former pastor's failed. He's weak. He's little. He couldn't do it, but I am here now. <laughs> that didn't fly, I can tell you, but another story. Praise God. Uh, Acts chapter 8. Let's go. We looked at this last week. Let's, let's hurry. Ah, let's don't hurry. Let's just, we're not going to have Sunday night, and we're not having Wednesday night. Let's just take our time. How y'all want to be one of those churches that gets out at 3 o'clock and gets, gets all the, the dining rooms are all empty? There's several, all the Baptists and Methodists already come and gone. They may tell you we're out of that because the Baptists ate all of it, but uh, we <laughs> let's be that church. Hallelujah. I don't know if they don't start till 12 or if they just carry on. Praise God. Verse 39, you know this story, but I just, uh, we're talking about exponential living. And they were come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Caught away Philip. Say it with me. Caught away Philip. Again, caught away Philip. Now, here's something that's 2,000 years old that you've never done and you've never seen, you modern church, you, you highfalutin, electronic, we got time-saving devices, we can do more than the old folks can do. Caught away Philip. What does that mean? Um, let's see, verse 39, where am I here? Verse 39, 839, yeah, here it is. That the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing, but Philip... Here we're going to find it, was found at Azotus. That would be another town, wouldn't it? And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. I told you all the story about John Hogan that went to, he's a, he's a tremendous, 
He's a raise the dead guy. He's the... Anyway, he checked into a hotel in Guatemala, and, uh, and uh, the clerk said, uh, so glad to have you back. <laughs> and he said, you got me mixed up with somebody else. I've never been here. He said, sure you were. No, I've never been here. He was getting a little agitated, he said. And the guy said, sure. And he got under the counter and pulled out a flyer. And it was him. It was David Hogan. Revival meeting. It was in, of course, it was in Spanish. You know, revived, revival meeting uh, uh, <laughs> and told the whole thing. David said he'd never been there. He looked at his dates and he was somewhere in the U.S. that time. But he'd been translated and had preached a revival and raised up people, did all sorts of things, and didn't even know it. Now, can I explain it? No, I'm not even going to try. But that's walking on the water. I'd say that was sprinting on the water. I'd say that wasn't just walking. That was getting on the other side. Well, there's more out there than we've dreamed. We're trying to figure out how to speak in tongues. How to, people are trying to figure out, you know, how to grow out legs. And here, here's a man that had been in a city and didn't even know it when he was in another city. Exponential life. Say it with me. Exponential life. How can I salt your oats so you get hungry for that? Till you say, I want to be the one where uh, it's, uh, it's in Mark. Mark chapter 6. Slip back there. We'll just read it. We get this thing about reading in the Bible. We get stories. Well, you know the story. It's historical. Like Napoleon or Washington or, or uh, Aaron Burr. Or, or We get history, history mixed up and say it was a story. But this is not a story. This is testimony. And a testimony is what God gives to say, I want to do it again. He's never through when he tells about something. He's only seeding or salting us to do it again. I want to do that again. I want to cure AIDS again. I want to cure MS in this baby again. That's why we're reading testimonies every Sunday. So you and I will get saturated with, he's doing this everywhere. It's common, and it's with regular folks. It's not with somebody that went to a great evangelist. It's just people that went to a healing meeting and went into a grocery store and, he, and, and, and ministered to someone that had carpal tunnel syndrome and got them healed. Say, I can do that. Yes, that's the thing. It wasn't Brother Doodad that stood up and said, God has come to, no, it was just someone in a grocery store, turned around. I can do that. You can do that. Matter of fact, we must do that. You have an itch that must be scratched, and that's it. Work, the works I do shall you do, and greater works than this shall you do, because I go to the Father. You must do this. You will not be happy with your new car, your new boat, your new house, your new doodly-doo. You won't be happy because when you lay down, you'll have, it'll still be itching. And you'll say, ah, I think I can get to it. Would you scratch it for me? Nope, nobody can scratch it. You've got to do the works of Jesus. It's in us. I'm sorry. You've been infected. There is no vaccination. This is why Paul could say, I've run my race and finished my course because he scratched it. And until you do that, you're going to, 
Uh, where are we? Mark chapter 6. Oh, we could just preach. Send them away that they may go into the country roundabout and into the village and buy for themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Who said that? Well, anyway, somebody said that. And he answered and said, give, give ye them to eat. And they said in him, what? Shall we go and buy this much bread for them to eat? He said to them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies. Well, that's not the version I wanted. Uh, but you know, here's the point. Now listen to me. I'm, I'm fixing to launch it. They didn't have what they needed. They had what they needed to get what they needed. In other words, the little boy didn't come with 50,000 fish and 100,000 bread. You will ne Listen, listen, this is my whole point this morning. You will never have the whole thing. You'll never have what you need show up in its full form. It's, there's a file on the computer that's, uh, got, it's, is it zip? Where, where it's compressed. And if you don't click that compressed thing and it unboxes and unfolds, you can't get to it. So you have to click it and then it unfolds and, you know, it's a little bitty file and all of a sudden it's, it's a big file. You don't get the whole file. You don't get the whole provision for your life. There's always a step in between. We bring the tithe into the storehouse, but he doesn't, he opens the windows of heaven and pours you out a benediction that you cannot easily receive it. In other words, he gives you the way to go to what you need. But it's not what you need. It's the way to where you need what you need. There's a faith step in between. People just say, I'm tithing and God hadn't poured it out. Where's my stuff? Ah, he's been sending you the stuff. He's been sending you a plan that if you'll activate that plan, that strategy, that blueprint, then you'll have what you need. But there's a faith step in between. You know, God's never going to let you have anything without faith. Yeah. We know that, Pastor. We know that. So here, they, they, in one version, I don't have it here, it says, but what is that among so many? We got, one, we got a boy here with five fishes and two, or some bread and fish. And, and they say, what is that among so many? We've all said that. I need this and this is what I have. What is that among so many? The demand is great. Sometimes he'll have you sow what you have. If, it's not you, if it doesn't meet your need, it must be a seed. I've had to do that. Like, this isn't it. Well, let's sow this. Let's find some good ground. Here, take this. Take this. i got to have some ground because my, my need is greater than this seed. But the seed, it's not what I need, but it's the path or the way to what I need. That's called an exponential life. That's how we live an exponential life is the seed time, seed time and harvest principle. Even when you get somebody, the two is better than one, you're sowing yourself into them. And you're being a ground to them. That's how this is working. Well, I don't want to have a friend. I want to just live my life by myself. People make me nervous, and I don't want them judging me. No, 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 no. you got to have ground. you got to have somebody to sow your life into. you got to have somebody that will let you talk out your doctrine. Well, I think this. I had one of the, well, somebody yesterday told me, said, well, I think it's pretty interesting that, you know, even Jesus sinned a little. Well, we had to stop the press and, 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 and the train and everything else had to straighten that thing out. What? What? 
And these guys will give their lives for Jesus. It's not like they just don't know or, I mean, just don't care. They're all in. They're all in. But they don't know what they need to know. Well, we're fixing that this morning, aren't we? We're getting ourselves aligned up. So, um, um, John 6. Where are we? John 6. Yeah, that's where I was going. Can y'all hang on just a minute more? I'm... I've tapped in here. I've tapped in, and we're gonna. We need to have what we came for. Uh, John chapter six. Look uh, in verse nine. Verse nine. There is a lad here. Yeah, this is where I was supposed to go in the first place. Which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. Here they are, right here, right here. But what are they among so many? I won't have you say that, but that's what we all say. Are y'all saying amen? Isn't that what we all say? Do we not? subtly accuse God of not supplying our needs because we give and do and obey and serve and attend and show up early and stay late, and yet, 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 we still have needs? What, are, what, what is this, Lord, that I have? My salary, my salary. Okay, Lord, I make $30,000 a year, but what is it among so much? It's the path. It's not the provision. It's the path. You have to take what you have and get instructions on that to know what to do. To have, you can't get an exponential life at face value. You have to have discernment. You have to discern, what do I have? It looks like bread and fish. The Lord said, yeah, that's what it looks like, but that's not what it is. So what did he do? He, uh, verse, uh, verse uh, that was 9, 10, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass. So they sat down, about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. See, Jesus didn't do the miracle. He's not doing the miracles. You're doing the miracles. Say, that's me. Oh, come on, come on. That's me. That's You are the miracle workers. I'm waiting on Jesus to do give me a miracle. That's not the way he does it. Every miracle follows somebody, some man or woman, doing something in the name of Jesus. And it releases the miracle. You think God's not interested in helping people that are sick and maimed and and diseased? You think he's up there going, ask me pretty please with sugar on top and I'll plant, I'll see what I can do. He, he so wants to fix us and help us and put us over. He is so for us, so in. But there's protocols, there's doors here that keeps the unbelieving, the devil himself, from entering in these sacred and holy places that can only be accessed by faith. There's a, there's a faith door there that if you don't have the passcode, the faith code to get in, you're locked out. Well, it'd be a, it'd be a sad thing. For you and I to be full of God, full of need, wanting to serve him and say, but I don't want to do the passcode thing. I don't want to do the faith thing. I want him just to do it. Well, if he does it for you, then he can do it for any old anybody that just. Are y'all getting this at all? Am I helping at all? So, but all we got to do is speak to the mountain. Hey, you mountain. Hey, you trouble. I say to you in the name of Jesus, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea. 
And do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say shall come to pass. What happens? Ye shall have whatsoever things you say. That's the passcode. Well, I don't want to do the passcode. I think it's silly talking to something out loud and not having... Stay outside. Do without. Stay in the boat. You will be in the boat. You will never get out of the boat until you put the passcode in. What things soever you desire when you pray. I don't want to pray. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Well, that's just silly. Stay outside. Five loaves and two fishes. That's what you have. You have enough to feed 5,000 in their family, but you won't put the passcode in. You won't unlock the file. So you're sitting there with a zip file and five fishes or five breads, and you can't get in. Well, I don't think God should hide it. These things are hidden for us, not from us. Hidden for us, not from us. These things, they're all, any devil, any devil can read the Bible. They go to hotels and read it all the time. But it's locked. You have to have discernment. You've got to know. Jesus said, what did he say? Um, oh, oh, I got I to have this. What are they among so many? You've got to ask yourself that. Okay, here I am. Here's Wendy. She's got this. And here's Joey. He's got that. And God said, I will supply all your need. I am your shepherd. You shall not want. Well, Lord, yeah, look, look. What is this that I've got among so much? I got so many needs and I got so little to do it with. Be careful that you don't gripe and with unbelief about the word saying it must not be true. When you just hadn't discerned, there's another step in between. Well, I want him just to do it. Well, he could have made the system any way he wanted. That He was God. He could make the system any way. But when he decided what system, this is that system. And now that it's set, now that it's in stone, so to speak, there's not another system. You cannot arbitrarily just say, I don't like your system, God. I don't like this speaking business. I don't like this believing before I receive business. I want another system. It's called the world. And go knock yourself out. Work on Saturdays, get a second job, uh, scrimp and save, coupon, whatever you want to do to make it. But it's the world system. Nothing wrong with that if that's where you want to live. But if you want to live an exponential life where two is better than one, you've got to get into his system. That is his system, exceeding abundantly above all. All what? The world system, which is one can put one to flight, a thousand. But if you want 10,000 to hit the road, you've got to engage the exponential system. Lazy Christians. That's what they are that gripe about not having a miracle life. But don't open the word. Don't go to church or go to church where they just blab, blab, blab. Tell them what they already know or what they want to hear. And then leave and have no regard. You're going to heaven? We don't care. Listen, I've gotten down to the place where I don't care. If you're going to heaven, if you're born again, I say sail on. When I teach you the word, when I tell you what God's got for you, when I tell you open the door here and I tell you what's behind that door and what God's got for you now in this world and you don't care, I just say go to heaven. I say just get you another job. I say just, you know, put an old tire on your car instead of a new set. 
Because that's where you'll be. That's what you have. But if you're going to heaven, I got to move on. Do you all hear me? I got to move on. I got to move my life, and you do too, into a place where there's a good ground, where somebody says, I want the seed. If you'll, you got the seed, the seed of life. If you'll plant it in me, I promise to be good ground. I am weary, excuse me, but I am weary of trying to make somebody good ground that does not want what I've got, does not want what Jesus has got. And if y'all ever quit wanting what I've got or whatever this is, I'll just move on. I have, I'm not threatening. I'm just saying I am that person that's going to sow, so I just got to find some ground. And the Lord has picked us together to be together, and I am so happy. Don't, don't think I'm getting disgruntled and he's losing it. I am so happy to be in the middle of the will of God. My good life is being in the will of God, and this is it. So I'm not changing this or trading this for anything. But if the well dries up, even the prophet got moved on to the little widow woman. Are you listening to me? We all got to pull our yoke or pull our wagon. We all got to pull. So... I want an exponential life, and that means i got to discern. When I moved to Alabama, there was nothing here for me. There was nobody. I knew Patrick Norris, which was an evangelist, a teacher guy that came through our town, and he lived in Birmingham. He's the only person I knew in the whole state. Didn't know anybody. I had no job. I had no money. I had $3,000 when I left. And had a $560 car payment. And had a boy going into the eighth grade. I had to find a house. Tremendous odds. I look back now, and there's no way I would have done that. But the spirit of faith came on me. And it was as easy to believe for that as it was to breathe. I had no doubt. I had no... My parents got so mad at us. I mean, put your finger in your face and got mad and said things that ought not to be said. I mean, mad. You are taking my grand sugars. You are, you know, this, that, and that. Just junk. But I obeyed God. I've got a notch in my belt that one time in my life, I believed God. And I'm telling you, it's a foundation of faith. You need something in your life where you walk on the water. you got to be a water walker. Well, it's hard. You, it, it'll always be hard, but you got to do it. you just got to get in the shower while it, before it gets hot. And nobody likes to get in the shower before it gets hot more than me. Unless it's Barry Paul. We, we, don't, we, don't wait, we wait till there's steam rising. And then, we just gotta, you just can't wait. You got to go now because it might not ever get warm enough. Y'all say amen. amen. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. You don't need me to teach you doctrine. You need to, for me just to pull back the curtain and show you what's really already there for you. Because you're busy. You're just busy, busy, busy. You talk to anybody. What are you doing? Well, I'm real busy. Well, hello, it's life. Are you breathing? Is your heart beating? Well, of course we're busy. This kind of people, we're all busy. Doesn't mean it's profitable. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean God approves if you're busy. I got one more scripture, and I'm going to read it to you. I don't know if you can handle it. Point yourself and say, be tough. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2. <laughs> And then we'll go. I told the Nazarenes we get out by 12. I didn't mean to fib. <laughs> it's not 12 yet. We may 
Debran, go start the car. Would you go start the car? <laughs> you know, Joe Morris is always like, go start the car. Yeah. I want an exponential life. And I'll tell you, I'm not, letting, I'm not willing that anybody will keep me from it. You may not like this preaching that I do. It's real confrontational. It's in your face. But I'm real. I'm real. You'll never be surprised. It says in chapter 2 of uh, Philippians, verse 19, here's Paul. He's telling the church, the church, the church at Philippi. He said, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus, Timothy, shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. You know, it didn't have email back there, apparently. What, what's that? Uh, low bandwidth, I guess. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Now look at verse 21. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Now that is a, one of the biggest indictments in the Bible. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. The Amplified says this, uh, I hope and trust in the Lord Jesus soon to send you Timothy, so that I may also be encouraged and cheered by learning news of you. For I have no one like him, no one of so kindred a spirit, we're talking about two is better than one, who will be so genuinely interested in your welfare and devoted to your interests. Talking about getting out of the box, talking about just getting out of my world, talking about, well, I don't like to be around people, they make me nervous, and I don't, I, my house isn't good enough to have somebody over for coffee, and and my husband works late, and we, it's not handy. And Saturdays, we go to the ball game. And Sundays, we, we nap. And Mondays, we... On and on and on and on and on. You hear what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to just go on anyway. Yeah. Verse 21, Amplified. For, for the others all seek to advance their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ the Messiah. Don't be this man. Do not be this woman. Don't let the word say, all include you and me. Did I read it right? All seek, the others all seek to advance their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I, you know, when we quote that thing about, well, when I get to heaven, I just want the Lord to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be right now. It's got to be today. I don't want to walk one day not pleasing unto him. I don't have anything going on in my life that says, you know, Lord, could you wait till Tuesday? I'm really busy. I'm on. If he says now, I'm jumping. My dad always say, you know, when I say frog, you say how far. I, I'm to that place. If I never was, I am now. When he says frog, I say, Lord, how far? I have no agenda other than to be conformed to him. And I cannot stand this scripture to be said over me. I cannot. And I don't think you can either. So everybody ought to do an inventory. I hope it comes out good for you. I'm not indicting you. I'm not saying anything about you. I'm certainly not accusing you. There's but one accuser of the brethren, and I'm not of his crowd. So I'm just preaching the word. I read a scripture. 
And I don't want to be the one that only seek their own interests. So y'all, man up, so to speak. I'm telling that five-month-old, man up down there. Quit using that five-month excuse business. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that excuse. <laughs> man up. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much, that you have so much for us. And you've planned this out, so it's absolutely fabulous and awesome and wonderful and amazing. We have a life beyond belief in this world. You planned it. You set it in motion. Then you funded it, and then you sent people from years ago to be in our life at the right place at the right time. So there could be a transaction they would give to us or we would give to them, and we'd move on with a greater anointing, a greater purpose, a greater zeal. And Lord River Church, we have but one person, Lord, one purpose. We, there's so much we cannot do. We, we just are unable to be this or that to so many. We can't, we can't feed Tuscaloosa, Lord. We don't do. There's so much. But Lord, what you've sent us to do is to live a witness life, a testimony life of an exponential life that we are translated, we raise the dead, we heal the sick, we give generously to the poor, we are that people. Lord, it will be seen as strange, but Lord, just strange in you. If we please you, we, I don't care. I'll say I don't care after that. If you're happy, Lord, I am blessed. So quicken us this week, I pray. Let this be a week of inspection and introspection. Lord, we ask you for discernment to know what we have. Lord, what do we all have in our billfolds, in our house, in our personality, in our faith that seems like it's so little among so much? That's exactly the key. No more will we at River Church say, I can't do that. We won't do it. I can't go because, I can't have because, I won't do that because. Lord, we end that today. And we start speaking to the mountain in our voice and saying, you are a trouble that has to go. And I'm moving you out now. Lord, I give you thanks for this great church. You have planted us. There's no one else here. No idea. No man from somewhere else that came here and said, I'm going to do something. You own River Church. And Jesus, you are our Lord. We thank you for caring for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just thank the Lord for our own lives right now. I, I, I thought, I, I, last night, I thought, wow. And so, I'm so grateful this morning. I am every day. But right now, just thanking for the gifts in you, the callings on you, the, the long-suffering that he has for each one of us, the, the mercy that where we've just been carnal and served our own interests, where he said, ah, we'll, we'll just ignore that. Lord, we, we, I do this morning, I recommit to a life that's Christ-centered, that's Jesus-filled. And I, I say, Lord, that heaven is plenty long to play around, to mess around. To, I'm going to work hard for you tonight, today in this day. Lord, we ask you to put us together. I ask you for this family. Lord, whatever it takes for us to invite each other, to go to lunch together, to whatever we have to do to two be better than one. Lord, let this church be that church. 
I ask you in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, I'm the one. I